we do this thing that, you know, Mike, I feel like you especially rag me about at like, you know, if we have a welcome lunch or a Discover New City class anytime, there's like a time where it's like new people meeting where I love going around the room when you introduce yourself and asking about an interesting fact, right? And it's great. You've, you've grown to love it. I have. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It, it it can give some people some social anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's totally fine. <laughs> and uh, so yesterday we learned that somebody uh, is a national spelling bee champ. Yes. And it, you know, makes me think of something that occurred on Sunday morning because my wife and I were like, I wonder what she won the spelling bee with. What was the winning word? Yeah, I almost <laughs> asked that. You know, was it fecundity? <laughs> Did, <laughs> How 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 many people here knew the language out- of origin, please? <laughs> <laughs> Other than Mike, use it in a sentence. How many people knew that word? Dan, you did not know that word. No, Chase, you did no, not. Know I still that word. don't know it. No. I googled I it I immediately there. in the back. So, nice. uh, and learned that it was like yeah, like a, an abundance of what is it? Uh, it's like you know they the when you worship no, you the god of fertility either. the the. <laughs> Fertility, if something is very life-giving and abundant and causes growth and uh, vitality. So, you know, you didn't have it in your notes, hey, this would be a really cool time to say fecundity. It was just in your brain. You've got the kind of vocabulary from years of reading and study and, you know, where you can just whip out in a in a moment of, like, nothingness in your brain. The word that comes to mind is fecundity. Just take a survey. How many people knew what that word I meant? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're making me feel a little awkward, but yes, that's... <laughs> and the reason I paused before I said it was because I was actually trying to think of a different word. Anything other other than fecundity to and say. And I was just like, well, I'm just going with this because this is all I got. So people aren't like, oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason that one stuck out in your mind, probably. Yeah. yeah. It actually is a great word, and I like have committed it to memory. Oh, so. there we go. Great. Mm. Plan on using it a few times during this podcast. Can you uh, spell it? Podcast. F-E-C-U-N-D-I-T-Y. Boom. Got it. Yep. Fecundity. Wow. Well, it was a very effective word. I mean, the whole sermon Sunday, you know, in a practices series didn't have to do with us because, you know, in order for us to be generous people, we've got to spend some time reflecting. And really, we have to live in a world that is run and created by a generous God. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about that even maybe even that decision you know when we come to think of a particular topic or maybe a skill set some way in which we do kind of mirror god why is it so helpful to go i mean maybe this is just an obvious question why is it so helpful to consider that and take time to consider that as the character of god um before just jumping to Mm. well how do we be generous yeah i think you know i think dave said it after one of the uh services we have a natural tendency to be insecure and afraid and therefore our natural default is kind of think that god is stingy and that we have to keep things and hoard things for ourselves and so if we don't correct that view of god that distorted actually view of god then it will be basically impossible to live generous lives you know yeah. we'll we'll just we'll just keep thinking I need more for myself. I need to watch out for me and my family, and yeah. I and I just I won't be free uh, to be as generous as God desires me to be, which will actually be for my good, and I'll be happier and more blessed to give than receive. So, hmm. I think starting with a proper view of God, you know, even if you think of the the benediction that Paul says in Romans, for from Him and through Him 
and to him are all things. So even my generosity is from him, mm. it's through him, and it's ultimately bringing glory and honor to him. And so, yeah, we need to start uh, with the Lord. He's the, he's the, he's the Lord. We're, we're the images. He's the substance. And so, yeah. And so we started with a, a scene in the garden, right, right, very, very beginning of Scripture, and then we looked at a scene of Jesus, um, and the showdown of Jesus and the serpent, and then we looked very briefly, but uh, I think powerfully at the end, just having everyone stand and read the future hope of every uh, child of God and the generosity of God in the new creation. So mm-hmm. that's what we looked at, and, you know, it was at least meaningful and powerful to me. You know, the sermons affect me too, everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> that I preach, that um, Satan, the adversary of God, in the very beginning, the foundational stages of this new world that God created, he was trying to get the image bearers to not think that God was good and generous and wise. You gave the example, which was really, really great, of portrait mode. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, like, even since yesterday has stuck in my mind because that is what the adversary still does today. Yes. Like, we look at, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, he blurs the abundance yeah. of what God has given to us and how he sustains us and loves us and provides for us. And he highlights all of these things that seemingly God is withholding or mm-hmm. we can't do as a Christian or other people have and we don't. Mm-hmm. And so it's just amazing, too, because the, the image there in the garden is like, you know, even today I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, it would be really foolish for me to not consider and see all the beautiful, wonderful things that God has given me. But mm-hmm. I'm also another generation moved from the garden. Here I am 6,000 plus years later, you know, and – <laughs> like there's a whole also a lot of wickedness. There is the whole stinking world was innocent. It, yeah. So yeah, I think that's um you know, and even you know, today, like waking up, am I like processing like, oh yeah, this meal or this relationship. I mean, this is this sermon plus is the generosity of God to me. I, I don't I'm not always thinking, you know, getting mm-hmm. to learn from and discuss, you know, the goodness of God with my friends is like, oh wow, that's an amazing gift. And so like just Really, uh, kind of being willing to rehearse uh, the generosity of God, I think, is a, is a great place to start before we, you know, because we do know that Jesus is going to call. And I said this in the introduction of the sermon: like Jesus is going to call us to a life of generosity and to a life of giving. Uh, but that is not out of any kind of deficiency in God. Uh, it's actually a command, command invitation. I love that uh, into this way of following Jesus, where we actually find more joy. You talked about the upside-down nature of the kingdom last week, which was great. I love that phrase. And Jesus is actually turning things right side up. Actually, the best way to always live has always been to give, yep. to be fruitful and multiply and to share. Uh, and so Jesus is calling us back into that new life, and it's actually a call into happiness. Like Jesus knows <laughs> – this is so great. I don't know if we believe it. We will be more happy if mm. we give away more than if we get more. Mm. And I think the devil's just trying to teach us, the adversary's trying to say, mm-hmm. no, you'll be happier if you get more than if you give more. And I feel like those are just two mm-hmm. diametrically opposed ways of going about life. We're talking about a rule of life, a way of life. The way of Jesus is the way to joy, and that way is generous living. Is that is uh, being generous and the generousness of God, is that like parallel with love? Mm. Like I feel like it almost has to be. Yeah. 
because like when you love someone you're wishing good upon them mm-hmm. and you want to do good for them mm-hmm. yeah and um for god so loved he gave yes right. so that yes exactly mm-hmm. and so w- when you were preaching i was remembering um michael reeve's book delighting the trinity mm-hmm. and he talks about that about how um the world thinks god is like someone who demands but really he's actually one who gives yes. and like gives super abundantly mm-hmm. and he even made the connection with the trinity about like you know how i've heard this before and i think he even said it i think this is from him he talks about god can be love because he exists in three persons mm-hmm. and so they they love each other yes um and so then it's you know and being generous and each of them being generous in and of themselves each person of the trinity being generous in themselves and he goes on to say like the father gives his son the son gives himself mm-hmm. the, the holy spirit comes and dwells within us he also mm-hmm. you know he magnifies the sun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was really helpful for me. And, mm-hmm. and then pairing that with also your message, I was like, oh, man. So there's a real parallel with love and also just the very character and identity of God, the three persons. And so I know you emphasize Father and, of course, Jesus in that as well. And so that would have been a great place for me to begin the sermon. Even before we look at God and creation being generous, you could look at the, the very Godhead. nature of God himself yeah. right. as generous between yeah. Father, Son, Son, Father, Spirit, Son, Spirit, Father. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. That, mm-hmm. That's what you could have done. But uh, Chase had no more fecundity. More fruitful of an idea. The fecundity of Yeah. Well, you know what Sunday was? And this is why I really appreciated it. Sunday began the practice of generosity with once again the practice of mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full disclosure here. Is everybody ready? We've already recorded a 45 minute sermon plus episode <laughs> on this sermon. I love that you told everyone that. Transparency. And we scratched it <laughs> because it got too in the weeds of like, kind of like handling money and considering your lot like but not in the not in the context of generosity god where it's like no the the first step we all want to get there Mm -hmm. and we're going to get there like just tell me what to do and like what if i have this what if i'm rich well what if i'm poor well what if it's like what do i need what yeah Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff but it's like before we can get there and we all felt this it's like no here's what you need right now Mm -hmm. you need to recognize how good and generous God is in his very nature and how good he's been to you. And so it kind of feels like one of the one of the best practices you can do maybe during this practice of generosity is during your prayer time, during your practice of prayer, which yep. hopefully you're still doing a morning Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe your afternoon renewal or your lunch renewal is something as simple as Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Mm. I I have everything I need. Wow! And so goodness and mercy is going to follow me and run after me and pursue me all the days of my life. And it, it gives you that endgame mentality too. So what we're saying to everybody right now is the most important way you can think about your lot, your circumstances, your money, your resources, your stewardship is to take all of your thoughts off of that for a moment and reflect on the goodness and the generosity of God. So I really appreciated starting the practice of generosity with the practice of mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just stop and reflect on the Lord's goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which seems actually kind of simple. Um, you know, I just flipped to Hebrews 13.5 just to affirm Dave. Keep your life free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. Mm-hmm. So what? Just look at what you already have. 
I mean, I, I know I'm, you know, I can definitely be thinking, what's the next purchase? What do I need? What do I need to buy? What do I need to, you know, um, and, you know, the pra- What do I owe? What do I owe? Sure. Yeah. The practice, you know, we, and we have purchasing practices. Dan has actually alerted me to this. Dan, don't you have a practice where you don't buy things on Thursday? Or you only buy things on Thursday? What? Mm-hmm. Is that what you do? Yeah. yeah. So it's like just being like even the way I buy things, I should probably be looking into. So I have a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Do I have a way of practicing contentment? I have purchasing habits. Do I have gratitude habits? Yeah. And so, you know, be content with what you have. So it's just like just stop and just literally, I said this in the sermon, count your blessings, name them one by one. Yeah. Like that's a common like, well, maybe I should actually like do what the preacher said and I'm the preacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this, you know, um, I think prayer and praise, one of the things that we do, yeah. the Mondays and Wednesdays, it's because it's it's one thing for me to do it. Uh, and I enjoy doing that, and you know we'll do this in our, in our family room all times as well. We'll just be like, all right, tonight we're just going to say what we're thankful for, and we'll yep. just try to press into yep. it. And we almost never leave those gratitude sessions unhappy. Yeah, we yeah. almost always leave them happy. Right. Uh, What's the story about when you guys go on trips? Oh you? yeah, oh yeah. We've there's been multiple times on trips where you know if you've parented small children or even larger children, um, where there's conflict and tension in the car, and I'll just be like, all right, we're gonna start saying what we're gratitude for or grateful for, and it's just like dead silent because <laughs> everyone feels yucky. Everyone like feels day. horrible. Everyone feels yucky, and then someone has to kick They're it like, off. Thanks, Pastor Dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you start small in those moments. Well, fine. I'm grateful. For exactly. You know what I mean? And then you build, and then it before you know it, it changes the, it you know, to quote modern worship songs, the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is a practice for non-Christians as well, because I was talking to a guy uh, after service who, I don't you know, Christian or not Christian, but he was talking about in substance abuse, like, mm-hmm. settings, that is their main thing. They mm-hmm. are, like, hammering down on gratitude. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's no, it's it it's powerful it's because it's connected to being image bearers. Genesis. Yeah. yeah. This is like what we are. We are receivers and reflectors. And so to be thankful, you know, keep your life free from the money. Be satisfied with what you have. And well, what do you have? For He has said, "I will never leave you or right. abandon you." Here's mm-hmm. what I have. I'm in Christ. I have the Lord, and so I can be content there. And that's mm-hmm. the practices mm-hmm. to be with Him. Yep. Become like Him, and do what He did. Mm-hmm. Like the, so, the goal of the generosity practice is that. I, yeah. I, I want to experience Jesus in deeper, more meaningful ways and be transformed by his presence and what he's commanded me to you do. Are, you encourage us, um, and again, we know that people are going to have different strategies for how they engage the word, but one of the things you encourage us to do was to be in the Psalms. I'm actually not totally listening to you. I'm in the Proverbs, so excuse me, Pastor Dave. But <laughs> for those of you in the Psalms, this is another way to – yeah, check mark. Um, uh, you know, the Psalms are just so full of gratitude yeah. and praise yeah. songs. And so it's like building in – um, I know Pastor Fran has said this as well. Like he just started praising the Psalms with the Lord, and that's been a means of of his like renewal every day. Just you know, whether he's feeling like it or not, the Lord's worthy of that, and he's voiced those things to the Lord. So, I think those are all you know, those are good suggestions, at least of, of things that we can do. They're all kind of associated in and around the prayer practice, but part of our prayer being this th- Thanksgiving and adoration to God is is a, is a such an important part of what it means to be human. You know, and certainly what it means to be made new in Christ, the true human. You know, to be truly mm-hmm. human is to be truly grateful. The illustration of the blurred background, mm. you know. Is, We're going to talk about that. Thanks, Tim. <clears throat> well, come back. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> it, it, very helpful. And But I do think one of, our, one of our tendencies, I think, is to 
like maybe notice that the background is all blurred and to be like, boy, isn't that interesting? It's weird how blurry that is. And then you just kind of like move on. Mm. And so what I'm, what I'm hearing, you've already mentioned a um, mm. few of us have already mentioned, but you know, part of the practice of this is have a strategy. Like when you sense yeah. that that background is blurred mm-hmm. and when you're only noticing what you're not grateful for, Oof. like don't just assume that noticing that is going to get you out of that. And so have some sort of yeah. strategy yeah. for like, first of all, regularly assessing, yeah. like am I blurring out everything that's good? And then if I do sense that I'm doing that, like what am I actually going to do about yeah. it? Um, because we're all tended, you know, we're all tempted to like slip into this thing, like just noticing the problem is is changing the problem and it's it's just not, you know, and you can, the evidence of that, I think, is you get into that cycle of, you know, of not gratitude. You get in that cycle of complaining, and it's mm. like, well, if you're noticing that you're doing this, why mm. continue to do it? Mm. Well, develop some kind of mm. a strategy um, to come out of it. Specifically with greed, you know, that um, book uh, guy James Clear, Atomic Habits, yeah. he talks about, you know, the impact of your environment on your habits. Yeah. And so much of when it comes with greed, it's like, I might be thinking that I'm slipping into greed, and when I look around my space, all I see are pictures of things that I want to get. Yep. <laughs> you know, and yep. so, mm-hmm. you know, for for me, um, you know, you even mentioned that, like, have a time where you're buying things. Like, like have spots that are devoted to draw your attention back to, like, he's talking about in that book, like, okay, you want to drink more water? Put a bunch of water bottles around, you know, like mm. some simple stuff like that. You know, have, have texts in front of you, have places where you go where it's like, okay, well, I, I can go and be quiet with the Lord here. I can go and read something about the generosity of God here. I can go here and renew my mind with a text here. Like, like structure your environment in such a way that it is reminding you of that stuff that you tend to mm. blur out. So I just think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things. And some of that like stuff that. is, I mean, I know this is like very, I mean, what you're saying there is simple, but it's helpful things that we often overlook. But even something as simple as going to church on Sunday, which happened exactly. to me Sunday, where, you know, it just felt like, it just felt, I remember walking home into my house and I just felt good. And I know that's like a, that's probably the worst theology in the world to think like, well, I just got home from church and I feel good, but maybe it's the best theology mm-hmm. in the world. It's like, I, I went there. It's better than feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I, I really enjoyed singing the songs. The liturgy really spoke to me. You know, the reading from Colossians was like, you know, that just was profound. I don't know why, like when we read it together, it seems more powerful than sometimes when I read it alone, but like the whole thing just like, recalibrated my soul and I was content and I was happy, you know? And so again, just to, just by way of, you know, this is what we're getting at with these practices. You ha- you do have to do stuff in order to mm-hmm. cult, you know, if you're not just gonna like, you know, just assume that God is generous all the time and like live in that plane, like, you know, building in, in into, you know, these, you know, these rhythms of, of life that will help you cultivate a generous, uh, an appropriate view of God. And you, and when you have that appropriate view, you'll find that he's generous. Yeah. You need to, as Paul says, set your mind on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or as Jesus says, seek the things, you know. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's what, um, um, 
I was thinking about it, not only do we need to make sure that we have a view of the generosity of God, but we need to let God define generosity for us yes. in mm-hmm. his word. And so again, you mentioned uh, something that I had mentioned, like, you know, I'm, I'm just prone to think that God is stingy. Like if you, if you give me a Bible quiz and it's like, hey, you know, is God stingy? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Mm-hmm. I get it. The abundance of God in Eden, the abundance of God in giving me Christ, new creation, all that. But to your point, like in my environment, if if I compare myself to others, I can feel like God is being stingy to me. But that's based on my perception and definition of what it means for God to be generous and good to me. And so, you know, you were intentional about Right, the, the examples yeah. mm-hmm. you gave about counting your blessings, even the one by one mm-hmm. yesterday. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so when I, you know, I was talking about how God has been generous to me, I just like let's just stop and pause. You know, the creation account, how God's, God's been generous to me. I like counted my days. You know, I'm 45, so 16,500 days. Yeah, I counted my meals. You know, I counted, you know, just family relationships. And again, I was very general in that, like you know, parent, child, child, parent, like. You know, I know not everyone's had the best of those things, but like just kind of a general common experience of humanity, of being in a family, having friends, having an education. I mentioned the fact that all of us have gifts. Like literally God just mm-hmm. scatters gifts all over humanity yeah. regardless of whether or not we honor him. So I want to keep those things just in a sense general, not not general like as in not specific or good, but like that we've all experienced right. the generosity yeah. of universal. God in these ways. Yeah, yeah these yeah. universal experiences. And then even more than that, for every Christian now, everyone who's in Christ gets the same kind of forgiveness, yeah. the same generous forgiveness. Mm. Everybody gets to pray. Everybody gets to evangelize. Everybody gets to go to the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. Everybody's Spirit. in the family. Everybody has the Holy Spirit. It's like there is this... <laughs> Again, general, and I don't mean that. Sometimes we hear something that's it's general and therefore it's bad. I, I, I don't want that at all. It's general in a good way. Like we all mm-hmm. experience the generosity of God in these particular ways. And that I, I really think the thing we really want to highlight the danger here is the comparison game. Yeah. When you start to see that you know there are maybe differing gifts that the Lord may give or different opportunities. The temptation is then to come and say, okay, well, God's not generous because we don't all have the exact same experience of in every single way of God, and therefore God's not generous. It's like, no. It actually highlights the generosity of God when there are some distinctions, and it highlights the generosity, the fact that that out of their poverty, people can give, and they're generous. That can speak to the rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the rich who have more resources can actually be a blessing to those who have le- – you know what I mean? And so the making it all uniform isn't actually what we want. What we want mm-hmm. is purified hearts that all believe in the generosity of God, and the multiple expressions of it actually bring more honor and glory to him. And what's amazing is every day I actually am receiving more of the generosity and goodness of God. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't even have to just keep thanking him for the same things from like five years ago, ten yeah. years ago, fifteen. You, you, you could, you, well, you could, mm-hmm. and it'd be wonderful and mm-hmm. it's worth it. But you made a like a passing statement too about like what what has God's response been to our disobedience and our disbelief or you know our apathy or our mm-hmm. wandering? The it's response more to the generosity, fall. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more and more generosity. Mm-hmm. So to like today, in whatever lies between me and the rest of this evening, all the ways that I fall short. God's response to that is going to be more generosity. Man, it's so and so good. tomorrow, wave upon wave. I, it's just yeah. It's just you too say much. catch the waves of renewal. Catch the waves. The of waves God's of generosity. renewal are waves also of God's generosity yeah. and love for us. Um, yeah. So yeah. And you mentioned you know, a few weeks ago. You mentioned again yesterday. You said a lot around here, 
and, and I love this. Uh, it was Luther, right, who said, there's what I know is I have this day and that day. Man, thank you for reminding me of that quote today. Yeah, that was good. And it's like, okay. I'm, I'm not looking to be less generous on the way there. Right. In that, again, we have like buzzwords. I feel like I use the word reorient all the time. You just mentioned it, recalibrate all the time, yeah. stuff, renewal. It's good. But that that reorients my mind, my mindset mm-hmm. right now. All the ways that I would feel like God would be stingy or the things I need, like that's what greed is. I, I, don't, I feel like I need more. I, I don't have enough are not not like my present, my past. Mm-hmm. It's what's to come. Yep. <laughs> And if I, and if, you know, if, if you were to, Martin Luther should have just said, actually, what I know is I have this moment and that moment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you get the point. That's what he's saying. But it's like, I, I don't even know what lies ahead of me the rest of this day. Mm-hmm. I had this moment. God has been good to me. He's mm-hmm. been generous to me. Mm-hmm. So whatever moment I have left between now and the day I stand before the Lord, I want to be more generous, more aware of his goodness. I want to unblur the background mm-hmm. and press on. Yeah. That's good. Before we mm-hmm. kind of come to a close here, I did want to just tell people how much they're supposed to give. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. You're quick with those. You're very quick. Um, we talked in the end about just like the distorted views of the father. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so just to like, you know, maybe re-highlight that again, like I think those are three common ways that we're tempted, I think, by the adversary to think of God as our father, that he's dismissive, disappointed, and distant. And then the pushback on that is the prodigal son story. You know what I mean? So, like, we just cannot have that view. We can, again, I think we can have an understanding that we may have disappointed God as our father, for sure. But the fact that he would be distant and dismissive, no way. That There's no place for that in the kingdom of God. That is just not how God is to us. And so we need to really push back against the the kind of adversarial, devilish ways of thinking about God that way. The second one is that he's restrictive, that in some way that if I give myself fully to Jesus and his kingdom, that God's going to hold out on me in some kind of a way. And Jesus is like the exact opposite. Look how Jesus gave himself fully to the mission and will of the Father. And then look what the Father did. The fa- you know, Because he gave himself obediently to the point of death, Philippians 2, now God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. You know, G- uh, Jesus said to Peter, Peter said, well, we've left houses and lands. And Jesus says, okay, we get a hundredfold back. Yeah. And so I just, you know, we really need to push back that we'll never give anything to God that he won't then take and then multiply tenfold, a hundredfold in the kingdom to come. And so mm-hmm. we to push back on the fact that when God calls us to do what we perceive to be hard and sacrificial things, that on the other side of those hard and sacrificial things is an abundant reward, mm-hmm. is an abundant return, ten and a hundredfold. And then the last view of the Father is just this, like the absentee one, and that's a that is you know I admit it, that is a tough one, but like you know you see you know even how in the story of Joseph we use the story of Joseph how like God as Father was kind of in the shadows in the background and. I don't know why he would choose to be that way and do those things the way he does, but then you see the end of the story yep. in Joseph. And then this has also been the case, you know, when you've, if you were to talk to many Christians who have experienced now the love of God as a father, they can look back at their past and be like, yeah, God seemed to be absent there, but now he's revealed himself in ways that are profound. And, the, you know, I said it this way, kind of like the price of your pain is not to compare with the radiance of your redemption. And so mm. I really think that the you know, we we got to be careful not to think of God. And this is actually something, you know, I, I want with my own kids. Like, how are you processing my role with you right now? Do you think I'm not for you? Mm-hmm. Do you think I don't love you? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, what, mm-hmm. what actually is happening in your heart? And so I just think it's so important for us. And maybe the most important takeaway from that sermon was just to make sure that our view of God as Father 
is coming in line with Jesus's view of God as his father and by the power of the Holy Spirit to have that mindset of how Jesus just so deeply trusted the goodness, the will, the plan, the provision of his father and that enabled him to live the life of generosity and love that he lived. That's like, I feel like that's the secret. If there's any secret, it's mm. that God loves us, which was so great we sang for God so loved, which was a last minute change by you that we didn't even talk about, but that song really reinforced that. So just really wanna encourage you guys mm. to, that this is your father, he loves you, he's generous, he's wise, and even when he calls you to go through hard things, he's there and he has an abundant uh, reward for you. So just encouraging people to trust him and know him as father. Yeah, that reminded me of um, Romans 8, when he talks about he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If we think there's something better than his son, then that pa- that passage is like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Later on in that passage too, it's like, what could separate us from the love exactly. of God? There's nothing actually in this world that could separate us from his love. And so, um, you know, that, that might be, as I said, that might be the most important takeaway from this yeah. whole generosity series yeah. is yeah. that you learn to love and trust God is your father through the work of Jesus. Everything yeah. else will flow from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the non-negotiable. I was kind of thinking this ties to that really quick. Back to your focus message. There's almost a way to do that portrait mode the right way. Oh, there it's you like go. It's like focusing on the thing, letting everything else, all your oh. needs, all your other things blur in the background and put that at the focus. Jesus, the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit really do love me. And that is the focus. Everything else can blur out. That's why we redid the Sermon Plus. <laughs> that right there. Thing. And back to your message about priority versus priorities. Yeah. There's the priority. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, that's wonderful. Whew. Mm. Okay. Well, that's great. So don't, you know, we're not looking to move on too quickly yeah. to what we can, quote, unquote, do for God, but mm. taking some time to reflect and respond and be shaped by the generosity of God. So... Uh, meditate on those things. Which we'll do that next week. We're going to look more specifically about mm. specific riches that we have in Christ, and I'm excited about it. I actually leaned over to my wife in the third service, and I felt like I got a word from the Holy Spirit, and I leaned over to her, and I said, I just got next week's sermon. I got my rama. Yep. <laughs> Which Dave prayed for me to get a rama. I did. Mm. I did pray for that. So, amen. Mm. See you next week, Lord. Yeah. Lord willing. <laughs>